Good morning. Welcome to FCF Church. Are you happy to be here this morning? Isn't it great to be in God's house? Uh, our facilities director added, I think, 70 chairs, and it looks like we needed all 70 chairs. That's a great problem to have, isn't it, church? <laughs> it, this is your first time with us. We're so glad that you're here. My name is Pete. I have the incredible privilege of serving here as the associate pastor, serving alongside Pastor Randy. And if this is your first time, following service this morning, Guest Central will be, will be open. Pastor Randy, myself, some of our team will be there. We would love to meet you, shake your hand, answer any questions that you have about the church. Can we let our first-time guests know how much we love and appreciate them being here? Some of you know this, but some of you may not know that October is actually Pastor Appreciation Month. And we have an incredible pastoral team, Pastor Chris, Pastor Adam, Pastor Reuben, Pastor Kim, and of course, our founding and lead pastor, Pastor Randy, who answered the call of God 32 years ago and planted this church. Can you let them know how much you love them? <laughs> great churches are the result of great leaders, and we have a fantastic leader in Pastor Randy. Uh, we love Baptism Sunday here at FCF. It's one of our favorite services. And we've had some incredible <laughs> services this year for baptism. Uh, in February, we had a service. We were baptizing a lot of people. And something happened in that service that I've never seen in all my time in ministry. And we're trying to get people in and out of the tank very, very quickly. And Pastor Randy was baptizing a young lady. She was incredibly, incredibly excited. And there's a bar here, baptizees. You want to clip your feet under that bar. And she didn't. And um, when Pastor Randy went to baptize her, her head went down and her feet came up and she Jackie Chan kicked Pastor Randy <laughs> in the back of the head. I've never seen that ever happen. She jumped out of the water, very excited. Pastor Randy turned around to see who had hit him. He was very, very confused. But that service was incredible. We baptized so many people that we ran out of shirts and towels. We were pulling random shirts out of the church bookstore, putting them on people to baptize them, to make a public profession of their faith. Isn't that awesome, church? It was great. I, I walked down the stairs of the baptismal tank, and they handed me a soaking wet towel with brown stains on it. And all that went through my mind is, I really hope that's foundation. About two, about two months ago, we had another incredible baptismal service. We baptized 72 in February, 78 a few months ago. And if I'm honest, I just feel like rubbing the devil's face in it one more time. We have 80 people signed up to get baptized this morning at two services. I want to start, I want to start. Actually, we, can you let Pastor Randy know how much you love him, how awesome he is? He's an introvert, and he loves when everybody stares at him. It makes him uncomfortable like my wife. So we're going to start in Matthew 28, 19. It's right before Christ's ascension back into heaven. It says this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. What's the word? Them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to, what's the word? Everything I have commanded you. This is a command directly from the mouth of Jesus. 
But what is baptism? We have so many new families to FCF Church. They come from all different faith affiliations. And it's important for you to know what we believe in reference to baptism. So we're going to look at this from two very distinct perspectives. The first perspective is what does baptism symbolize? We teach that baptism is an outward expression of an inward decision. It's an outward sign of an inward work. While it's symbolic in nature, there's more than just symbolism here. Baptism expresses publicly your trust in Christ. Baptism expresses publicly your trust in Christ. For a first century Christian, the public profession of your faith was not made by reciting a prayer. It, it was not made by uh, coming to church or coming to an altar. The public profession of your faith was made through public baptism. We see this all through the book of Acts. It says that someone believed and was baptized. It was universally practiced among first century Christians. It's the first step of obedience among first century Christians. And there's no such thing as an unbaptized first century Christian. There's only one we know of in all of Scripture, and there was a good reason why. If you know what it is, post it on social media and tag me, and I'll tell you if you're right. I wear a wedding ring. This is the, the clearest illustration we use for this. I wear a wedding ring. How many in the room are married? Good. It's not a good time to be shy, guys. Come on, throw your hands up. It's all right. Don't be, you'll get yourself in trouble. I don't, I'm looking out for you. This ring does not make me married, nor does getting in this tank make you a Christian. This lets other people know that I'm married. Now, imagine if I go to Jessica, and I'm like, you know, baby, I've been looking at you for a long, long time. And I've been really trying to hold back these feelings for so long. <laughs> I want to spend the rest of my life with you, but I don't want to tell anybody. What do you think she'd say? She'd say, if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. That's what she's going to say. <laughs> no, this is a public profession of our faith. Baptism expresses publicly a transformation that's taken place spiritually. It's a physical picture of a spiritual reality. It's public to all, but it's personal to you. You've changed the way you think. You've changed the way you act. You no longer are driven by yourself. Pastor Randy said it a few seconds ago. Everybody's following somebody. Most people are following themselves. This is publicly saying, I no longer look to myself or anyone else. I look to Christ. I look to God. Romans 6, 1 says it this way. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were, what's the word? Into Christ Jesus were into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that anyone who is in Christ, in covenant with Christ, is a new creation. All is passed away. The old is passed away, and all is new. 
There's nothing supernatural that's going to take place in this tank. If you're not all in for Jesus, don't bother being baptized. There's, there's nothing, we don't sprinkle like Pastor Randy's protein powder in here that makes you a stronger Christian. <laughs> Build your biblical biceps in three weeks or less. <laughs> no. It is available in the bookstore for 19, I'm kidding. That's not true. <laughs> Baptism is publicly saying, God, I'm following you. Something is shifted inside of me. It expresses publicly a transformation that's taken place spiritually. Demonstrated by obedience personally. This right here is where I think a lot of people get lost. So much confusion around this. Colossians 2.12 says it this way. For you were, again, buried with Christ. We have this picture of death and resurrection. When you were baptized and with him you were raised to new life. Newness of life was Romans 6. New life here. Because you, here it is. What's the word? Because you trusted the mighty power of God. I don't look to myself. I'm looking to him. It's, it's not having information about something. It's not an ethereal concept. It's not information about something. It's putting your trust in someone and becoming their follower. And listen, the acid test of spiritual transformation is personal obedience. If you want to see if you're a Christ follower... This is where you look. You follow because you trust. Obedience is the mark of a Christ follower. Hebrews 5.9 says that he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Obedience is the mark of a Christ follower. Obedience is the true mark of a Christian. And saving faith will always lead to obedience. It will always lead us to obedience. You can say that you trust Christ, but obedience is the acid test. You can say you're his follower, but obedience demonstrates it. One of my friends was telling me a story about a young man that came to his church and came to Christ, became his follower comes to his pastor he's reading his bible it's a bible believing church he says he says pastor i was reading and and everywhere i see someone comes to christ they get baptized so i want to be baptized right now after service take me to the lake dunk me baby let's do this guy was so excited and his pastor he says we can we can do that but what if we have you come come to church and we'll do it in church and we'll celebrate you can even invite a bunch of your friends he's like okay that's that's a good idea the pastor says if you, if you don't do this how how are your friends going to know you're a christian he says, okay, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll come, I'll come to church, and we can do it at church, it's a great idea. I'll invite all my friends, and we'll have a big party. He said, but pastor, shouldn't they be able to tell I'm a Christian based on the way that I'm living? This, this new believer, in this short per period of time, had transitioned from believing in something to putting his trust in someone and becoming a follower. Obedience was the mark. So I, I'm not somehow suggesting that baptism is a condition of salvation. We teach at FCF that it's trust in Christ alone that carries saving power. You get that from, from Acts 16, the Philippian jailer. Asks Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? 
Paul says, believe, pistis, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. An interesting part of that story that I didn't plan to share, but I feel like I want to right now, is that story takes place. His family comes to Christ, and immediately, it's sometime around 1 in the morning, they go down and they get baptized in the middle of the night. There's no food. There's no, let's sit down and talk about this. I'm professing my faith in Christ. And the first step of obedience to Christ is what? What is it? Baptism. Baptism isn't an issue of salvation. Baptism is an issue of obedience. But obedience is an issue of salvation. Baptism isn't a condition of salvation, but it will show us the condition of our hearts. Baptism expresses publicly a transformation that's taken place spiritually, demonstrated by obedience personally. This is what baptism represents. But what should be the result of baptism? I'll ask the question another way. What should baptism create? Hold that thought. I'm going to come back to it in a second. After our last baptismal service, I was down, down front here with uh, Neil Hagelin, who is one of our team members. He's our facilities director. And we have 138 acres. We have seven buildings, the steadfast house out front. And you've even probably noticed a lot of the changes going around either for growth purposes or just making God's house look good. And Neil is an incredible man of God that does an awesome job. And we love you, Neil Hagelin. Can you let Neil know how much you love him? <laughs> Neil, Neil is an extra mile person. He goes the... He goes all in for Christ and, and for you. And he has an awesome team. Uh, Scott Eisenogle, Dwayne Broadhurst, Randy Huff, Jim Patrick, Jim Milstead, uh, Rob Dove, Mark Stonecker, Paul, Nick, Elon, Miss April. There's a whole group. Can you let those individuals in our facility team know how much you love the teacher? So I'm standing here next to Neil, and we're talking about just incredible services. Pastor Randy getting kicked in the head and stuff. And we're looking at the tank, and we realize that there's between four and five inches less water in the tank than when we started. Like that much water had come out of the tank. It's probably between 30 and 40 gallons of water had come out as a result of the baptism. And <laughs> Neil and I are talking, and I'm thinking about this. And even in that moment, I didn't realize it until I started preparing for this message. But I was thinking about all of the people making a profession of their faith and then being baptized and the impact of them hitting the water and coming back out and the ripples coming out and hitting the sides of the tank. We see the picture in Romans 6 of death and resurrection and this beautiful imagery that's there. But I think there's another physical illustration that I had never thought about before. What, what if there's more? If you think about every time somebody goes into this tank and goes under the water, the ripples move throughout the sides of the tank. The impact of the baptism sends ripples over the side of the tank. Here's what I found. Every, 
That was weird. Did you guys hear that? Or just my watch just talking to me. I'm going to go ahead and take that off. You want to have that? Here you go. You can keep it. Thank you. <laughs> they get baptized. The impact of the water sends ripples throughout the tank. I believe that every time someone is fully committed to Christ, sold out, it should send ripples through their life. It should send ripples through their social circles, through their family, through their occupational influences. The transformation in you will impact others. We started with Matthew 28, 19, where he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them. Another passage that comes from directly before the ascension is in Acts 1.8. It says this, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Geographically, we, we can see this. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. We could also look at this passage relationally. Your family, Jerusalem, your people, your circle, Judea, your neighbors and acquaintances, Samaria. You probably say, well, that's got to be people I don't know. No. If you know cultural history, you'll know that the Jewish people and the Samaritan people didn't get along. So it wasn't, maybe it's not a reference to, to people you don't know. Maybe it's a reference to people you don't like. Well, are you, you saying I got I to gotta share my faith with people I don't even like? Yes. You saying I, I have to reach out and have an impact on people that are my enemies? Absolutely. What's next? Give him the one empty seat that's next to me in church? <laughs> I came early for that seat. I need a buffer. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's make ripples, FCF Church. God wants to drop you in your social circle and watch the ripples flow. I had two or three illustrations with people that were in my life that I saw come to Christ and make ripples. But we got to baptize 80 people today, so it happened. Okay, just stay with me. Maybe I'll share another time. Let's make some ripples. God wants to see you have an impact on those around you. And when you're sold out to Christ, it changes everything. There is a spiritual transformation that takes place. Say it this way. A stone dropped in water creates ripples. You can't prevent it. It's a physical certainty. It's in your notes. A life fully surrendered to Christ creates ripples. You can't prevent it. It's a spiritual certainty. One of the purposes of public baptism is evangelism. And evangelism has this odd connotation. You picture somebody with a bullhorn screaming at people, turn or burn, sinners! That's, that's not what it is. Getting baptized is one of the very first steps in sharing your faith. 
Getting baptized without planning to share your faith is the equivalent of buying a fire suit and a fire truck with no intention of fighting fires. It may look cool. You can show all your friends, but you've missed the entire purpose for which it was created. Baptism is a public profession. Baptism is a public demonstration of your faith, which will, in turn, provide the opportunity to share your faith. Make ripples. Be a witness. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, The things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who will be able to teach others also. Did you miss it? The things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who'll be able to teach others also. Last week, we celebrated baby dedication. And I think we said there were 49 uh, kids that were dedicated, but actually one family snuck in. So it was actually even 50 families dedicated their children to Christ. 50 families. Do you realize the ripple effect of these families? I've heard people say, you know, it's just so sad. I see parents bringing kids into this horrible world and how terrible it's going to be. I just couldn't disagree more. I'm not sure what you saw when you looked at this stage, but I saw an army of young men and women that God is raising up that will not compromise, will accomplish his purpose on this earth and will usher in his return. Every child that was on this stage, every baby that's in the nursery, every teenager in the youth ministry, and every young adult, they have come into this world for such a time as this. And hell better look out, because they're coming. They're coming. Stop praying for our kids to be safe and start praying they'll be dangerous for the gates of hell. My son's getting baptized. I'm sorry. Here's the challenge. Is there some people that want to play church, they want to play Christian, but they have no intention of being a Christ follower. Uh, my wife, Jess, and I, we have, we have three kids. My oldest is Ethan. He's 10. Then I have Daniel and Zoe, eight and six. And uh, we live in Braddock Heights. And how many of you have, have taken a shower? You turn, you turn the water on in the shower, and, and about 30 seconds in, it goes from hot to warm. How, this has happened to you. Be honest. It's just, I mean, you're like, oh, man. And then you go into, like, speed shower mode. You're like, what do I need to wash? You're like, oh, i got to get out of here. <laughs> For the last several weeks, this has happened to me. I'm going to say three times. And finally, on Wednesday of this week, I come downstairs, and I'm like, guys, why is there no hot water? Like, what's going on? And Ethan's sitting at the table doing his homework, and he's like, it's not my fault. I'm like, whose fault is it? I could tell he knew something. He's like, Daniel, all the way. I'm like, what? Why do you, how do you know it's Daniel? He said, well, 
Daniel keeps filling the bathtub all the way up to the top so he can practice baptizing himself. <laughs> I said, he's not even getting baptized this week. He said, I know, Dad. I know. And went back to his homework. I don't say this to be mean. I don't say it to be harsh or insulting, but in full sincerity, one of the things that I've noticed in pastoral ministry, and it breaks my heart, is there are a lot of people that want to play Christian, but they have no intention of being a Christ follower. God help us. That's not what he's calling us to. And this tank is a public profession that you will be obedient. You will trust you will follow. Don't just be a cultural Christian. But be sold out all the way. I mean, it, it's, the, it's the equivalent of somebody, you know, they're like, you're like, how can I, how can I get in this tank and just, I don't want to, I don't, shh, quiet down. I don't want to make any, I don't want to, if I go like this, I won't make any ripples. I'm real How, how can I do this and just be as, shh, 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 no, I'm, I'm a Christian. Don't tell anybody. Shh. Just. All right, just this, we're going to be this little. Shh, don't tell anybody. I'm, I'm a Christian, but I want to keep it on the down low, on the DL. I think I think he's calling us to have an impact. I think he's calling us to make to make some ripples, church. Should I do it? Yeah. Here, here, here's the deal. I want you to remember, if I do this, which I'm not sure, I'm probably 50-50 right now. <laughs> the purpose of this is not a joke. It's not a gag. It's, it's not just to create levity in you. I want you to remember for the rest of your life that that goofball Italian with the slick back hair said that I'm supposed to make ripples in my life. I'm not supposed to go through life as an undercover Christian. There is no such thing. We are supposed to make some ripples. Would you stand to your feet? Heavenly Father, we know that you want to drop us in Frederick County in Gaithersburg, in Rockville, in Pennsylvania, in Virginia, in all the areas that you have called us to. And you want to see us make ripples. God, and as people make a public profession of their faith this morning in this tank, God, they're sold out for you. They're going to not just make ripples in this tank, but they're going to make ripples in their social circles in their occupational influences, in their families. Lives would be changed and hope would be found. And even those who may feel like they're insignificant, that they can't make a difference, that they're nobody, that everybody 
can make ripples. Everybody can have an impact. God, that's our heart. That's our desire. That's what we want to represent this morning in FCF Church. A church that's making ripples in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Use us, Father, in Jesus' name. Come on, in one loud FCF voice we said.